Our subject tonight will be standing strong. Standing strong. It's really our theme for the whole day. We wanted this morning to emphasize the idea of standing, which the scripture brings out uh, for us. And now this evening, the idea of standing strong, being strong. This morning when we talked about standing up for Jesus, we mentioned how that standing means uh, to declare ourselves, uh, to come out from hiding, to come out and publicly, boldly declare our faith in Christ. You know, Jesus says in Mark 8 and 38, whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this sinful and adulterous generation of him the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in, in all of his glory with all the, the holy angels. And so we need to regard that. And this morning we, we focused on the fact that we, we must stand for something and we must stand for the right things. If we don't stand for the right things, the Bible teaches us that we'll be left with nothing but condemnation from God. And then we need to stand for God for the right reasons. Jesus first stood for us, and so let us now stand uh, for him. In those days, those early days of of the Bible, standing for Jesus was huge. Uh, They could, and many did, lose their life uh, because they stood for Jesus. So to declare your faith boldly and publicly was certainly a sign of deep and abiding faith. John chapter 12 and 42, as an example of the importance of declaring our faith, you might notice that many of the Jews believed in Jesus, but they would not confess it. Because they had a fear of the Jews. They didn't want to be put out of the synagogue. They didn't want their lives to change. And so they would not declare it publicly. But God would have us to make that stand for our Lord. So this evening, we'll focus on being strong for the Lord. You notice in your Bibles, and you notice in these songs we've been singing this evening, that the two really do go together, standing and being strong. We mentioned this passage uh, this morning, 1 Corinthians uh, 16, 13, says, Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like a man, and be strong. So notice that, standing firm in the faith and being strong for the Lord. Sam read for us this morning from Ephesians 6, beginning in verse 10, where the Bible says, To be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against all the wiles of the devil. And then he goes on to say, having done all, to stand, to stand. And so tonight we'll focus on being strong, being strong. Two big ideas uh, this evening as we think about being strong. First, God will provide the strength for us if we want it. That's basically our lesson tonight. Divide that statement into two parts. God will provide the strength for us that we need. And the second part of that is if we want it. That's our two big ideas. God provides the strength, but then we have to want it. We have to want that strength. Let's start with the 
first idea that God does provide the strength that we need. A couple familiar passages uh, for all of us. Isaiah 40 and verse 31. Isaiah 40 and verse 31. They that wait upon the Lord, you remember this. They that wait upon the Lord. In other words, those who are willing to surrender to our God. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, shall renew their strength, and shall mount up with wings as eagles, and they shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. So what a great promise the Lord has there for us. The Lord will provide the strength. That's the ideal here, first of all. He'll provide the strength that we, that we need. We remember Philippians 4 and 13 where Paul said in a, in a very courageous way, Paul said that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The idea of strengthen there carries with the idea of reigniting a faith. Okay. Some scholars say that the word used there for strengthening uh, actually means to empower, okay, or to reignite. It comes from, from uh, dudamas, which from which word we get our word dynamite. Okay. And so Paul's saying, the Lord, no matter what situation I find it myself in, the Lord will always reignite uh, my faith. In 1 Timothy 1 and 12, Paul says, I thank my Lord Jesus Christ because he has enabled me or he has given me the strength. Or he has empowered me. He has counted me faithful. And he has, he has put me into the ministry. But Paul is grateful for the strength that God uh, would provide. You might turn your Bibles over, over to a less familiar passage. 1 Peter 5 and verse 10. 1 Peter 5 verse 10. In a conclude, one of his concluding statements, Peter says in 1 Peter 5 and verse 10. After you have suffered for a little while... The God of all grace, God of all grace, who has called you to eternal glory in Christ, he will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and he will establish you uh, to him be dominion forever and ever. Yes, the Lord will provide the strength. And we could go on and on with different passages that, um, that shows this. Now we want to get to the second part. Uh, of our lesson, and that is, if we want the power, it's ours. If we want the power, it's ours. In your house, power runs, electricity runs all throughout your house. But to get that power uh, to the different light fixtures or light bulbs, then you've got to uh, help that circuit of power to make contact, and that's what that light switch is for. They're on your wall. That light switch enables or channels that electricity, that power that's running through your house to come to that light bulb. Okay. And we are to be a light for Christ, shining brightly. But in order for us to shine, we must make a point of contact. We must be connected to Jesus. And the Lord himself says in John uh, 15, I am the vine and you are the branches. And if you abide in me, then you will bear much fruit. 
remember that. But the, it is the vine that carries the nutrients. It's the vine that has the power for the branches uh, to grow. And so that's why we make the second big point here, and that is if we want the power, if we want the power. I'm going to ask you to turn to different places to see how uh, this power is uh, enabled into our lives. Now, we're going to mention, and don't get scared by this. Please don't get scared. We're going to mention eight ways of all things, eight ways in which we can show and uh, the Lord that we want his power. Eight ways that enables us to make contact with the Lord and have this power of God, uh, the strength of God uh, within us. Okay, So turn your Bibles, and we'll, we'll discover four of these ways in this one passage. So see, you're already relieved. Ephesians chapter 3, Paul has a special prayer. Oftentimes in the headings that people supply in the Bible, you'll see in Ephesians 3, beginning in verse uh, 14, you'll have the heading, a prayer of strength. So regardless, it's good for us uh, to mention, notice this, this prayer. Notice verses 14 and 15 of Ephesians 3, first of all. Paul says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, for whom every family in heaven on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened uh, with power. Notice the first way to enable this power to come into our lives is through prayer. It's through prayer. Paul says, For this reason I bow my knees unto the Father. I bow my knees. Now, this causes us, and it's a good time to, to, um, to stop and consider this, and that is our prayer life before God. Our prayer habits before God. And to realize that this is a big part of how that we can learn to trust our Lord is to communicate uh, to Him. Notice Paul says, I bow my knees. I bow my knees. If you are not, <clears throat> if you're not in a great habit of prayer, this is for any of us, then a good suggestion is to change either the place that you're par- trying to pray or the position that you're praying in. If you are relying on just driving the times that you're driving your car and you're in your car by yourself for your prayer time, and that's not going too good, then change your place of prayer or change your posture in prayer. Oftentimes, bowing the knee, oftentimes the position that we put our bodies in will determine how fervently and sincerely we pray. Paul says, I bow my knees. Certainly prayer has a lot to do with gaining power from God. In Luke 18, in verse 1, the comment is made that Jesus was working about and that one of the things that he was teaching his disciples was that they should always pray and never to faint. Or always pray and never lose heart. We want to be in that position of not losing heart. If we want to stay encouraged before God, then we will open up our channels to God in prayer. What a wonderful opportunity it is. And we realize, we know this, but to be reminded that we can pray at any time and in any place. We can pray long prayers and short prayers. We can combine it throughout the day. 
So really there is no excuse, excuse not to pray. So number one, one way that we can empower ourselves with the power of God is through prayer. Keep reading here in Ephesians 3, <clears throat> getting down into verse 16, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant to you to be strengthened with his power uh, through his spirit in your inner being. And that's what we're mainly focused on when, when we're thinking about God's strength. We want strength for our soul. Strength for our soul. Uh, the kind of strength that we need uh, to grow uh, in knowledge of God. The, the kind of strength that we need that we can be strong in the faith. Strengthen our soul. In 2 Corinthians uh, 4.16, you recall Paul saying, for which, for which cause we faint not, though our inward man, though our outward man is perishing, our inward man can be renewed day by day. We can't do anything much about our outward man perishing. We're going to grow old from day to day, and we're going to get older, but we can do a lot about our inward man. Our inward man can be renewed every day. And notice here in Ephesians 3, he says it can be renewed through the Holy Spirit. And then notice right after that, he says that Jesus, that Christ may dwell in our hearts by faith. Okay. And so the second way to empower ourselves with the power of God is through the Word of God. Okay. Because when it says that he strengthens, strengthens, strengthens us through the Holy Spirit, we remember that Ephesians six seventeen uh, says that the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. And when he says that Christ may dwell in your hearts uh, by faith, we remember Romans 10, 17. Faith comes through hearing, hearing through the word of Christ. And so the second way to empower ourselves with the power of God is, of course, through the word of God. Through the word of God. Turn with me to 1 John 2 and uh, verse 14. Love this little statement here. Speaking about fathers and young men. 1 John 2 and verse 14. John says, I write to you fathers because you know him who is from the beginning. And I write to you young men because you are strong and the word of God abides in you. And you have overcome the evil one. Notice especially the fact that when fathers and their sons, when older ones and younger ones are focused on knowing Jesus and having the Word of God abide in them, then they are going to be strong. And so secondly, through the Word of God, through study, through knowing, through being able to come to know the Lord personally, uh, through studying God's Word, that is a way to empower ourselves with the power of God. So through prayer and study, this is nothing new. Thank the Lord, right? Thank the Lord that this is nothing new. <clears throat> we believe in the old paths. Okay. We certainly believe that um, when Jesus sent the Holy Spirit, John 16, 13, he sent the Holy Spirit to guide his apostles. They were guided into all the truth and all that truth is now in the scripture. And so we're not, we're not interested in anything new. We just want to go back and rediscover for ourselves and for our faith things that the Lord would have us to know. 
And so to empower ourselves with the power of God, we've got to have prayer in our lives consistently and then have the word of God dwelling in, in us. Thirdly, we've got to have Christ making himself home in our hearts. Notice that here in Ephesians 3 once again. We've got to have Christ making himself at home. It says that Christ may dwell in your hearts. Dwell. The word dwell there means to settle down. To settle down. To make oneself at home. To make oneself at home. Jesus needs to be fully welcomed into every part of our lives. An animal, no matter what animal you might be talking about, will make itself home because of the environment that it finds. If it finds an environment where it can uh, take food and be warm and do the things that it does by instinct, then that will be its home. The environment that we create spiritually has a lot to do whether or not Jesus dwells uh, in our in our hearts. Colossians 3.16 has a similar statement. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. In all things, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Does Jesus have a welcome place in our lives, in every part of our lives, especially down deep uh, into our hearts? I was thinking about this and asking myself, you know what? How does this affect me personally? How does this happen? One way it happens is that we must try our best to imitate Christ. Imitation. We must try our best to imitate Christ. Whatever we find that Jesus uh, was doing and, and was able to do while on earth, we need to walk in his steps, certainly. And then we find the Apostle Paul and John and James and Peter and others following Christ, we need to do as they did. We need to try to imitate uh, Christ. And the more we imitate him, then he becomes part of us. And we remember statements like what Paul made in Galatians 2, verse 20. He says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. In the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And so we think about imitation, then we think about incarnation. In other words, Christ living through us, people being able to see Christ in us. That's, that's the ideal. So we will receive power from God. We'll, re- we'll receive strength from God when we're praying and when the Word of God abides in us and when Jesus himself is making himself home in our hearts. And then notice, continuing here in Ephesians 3, notice Paul says his prayer for them was that they would be able to comprehend all the different dimensions of the, of the love of God. You notice that here in verse uh, 17 and 18 of Ephesians uh, 3, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, he says that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And so the fourth way to receive power and strength from God is to make God's love our own. That's what Paul's praying about here. He wants you to know God's love. He wants us to know the love of God and then to make it our own. 
so that people will be able to see God in us. A great statement about this is found in 1 John 3 and verse uh, 16, where in talking about the sacrifice of Jesus, uh, John writes, By this we know love. And see, this is what we want to do. By this we know love. We want to make God's love our own. 1 John 3, 16, By this we know love, that He laid down His life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. See? Jesus said after He washed His disciples' feet and showed that, that love is busy about serving others, love humbles itself and serves other people, uh, Jesus says in John 13, 34, and 35 that... Um, he had a new commandment for his disciples. Okay. That they ought to love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love, love one for another. And so notice these four ways here, just from Paul's prayer in Ephesians 3. But through prayer, through the Word of God, through Christ living in our lives, and through making God's love our own, we can see that uh, God's power and strength can be ours. Okay? So let's notice uh, quickly uh, four other ways that his power can be in our lives. Okay? When we resist Satan, the more we resist Satan, the more his strength will be in our lives. You remember what James says, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you and resist Satan and he will flee from you. The more victories we have over Satan, then the stronger that we're going to be. Refer back for just a second to 1 John 2 and uh, verse 14 where it says the fathers uh, were being commended. They're strong because they know him who is from the beginning. And that the young men are being commended. They're strong because the word of God abides in them. But it also says there at the last part of 1 John 2, 14, and they have overcome the evil one. They've overcome the evil one. Now quickly, take your Bibles and look with me to 2 Thessalonians uh, chapter 3. And notice the importance of overcoming uh, Satan in this passage. Paul, beginning in verse 1, he says, Finally, brothers, pray for us that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored, as has happened among you, that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men, for not all men have faith, he says, verse 2. Not all men have faith. Wouldn't it be an easy world if everybody just did have faith? But that's not the case. And Paul's saying, not all men have faith. As you go out and you're seeking to spread the word, as you're sharing your faith with other people, we understand this by the very nature of, of life as it is, that not all men have faith. But notice what he says in the next verse. He says, but the Lord is faithful, and he will establish you and guard you against the evil one. He will make you strong against uh, Satan himself. We've mentioned this a number of times, but, but it's so very important. The early saints overcame Satan. They weren't perfect, but they overcame him. Revelation 12, verse 11 gives a three-point recipe, a 
three-point solution how they overcame Satan. First, it says, through the blood of the Lamb, they trusted in the salvation that Jesus provides. Through the blood of the Lamb. And then secondly, through the word of their testimony, they continue to do the work of learning God's will and spreading it. And then this, they loved not their lives even unto death. Through sacrifice. Through, so first through the Lord's sacrifice and then through saturating the land with the word of God and then sacrificing, being willing to sacrifice your own self. And so through prayer, through the word of God, through Jesus making himself home in our lives, uh, through coming to know the love of God, making your own, and then through resisting Satan. The more we resist Satan, then the stronger that we uh, will be. And then add to that this way of bringing the power of God into our lives. And that is through doing uh, his work. The more we do his work, then the stronger that we will be. We know the Bible says in James 1, 22, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. The reason for that is because we become wiser and stronger in the Lord. Just simply using the Bible as a reference book or using the Bible as a, as a storybook or using the Bible as a textbook just will not get it done. Okay, we must, as 1 Peter 2 says, we must taste and see that the Lord is good. And the only way to do that is to actually do His will and do His work. Okay. Now 1 Peter 4 verse 11 comes to mind. If any man speaks, let him speak as it were the oracles of God. Stick with the word of God. If any man serves, he says, 1 Peter 4, 11. If any man serves, let him serve according to the strength that God supplies. That in all things God may be glorified through uh, Jesus Christ. You see, the more we do the work, the stronger uh, we will be. Now, a passage that I've been trying to get to the bottom of is uh, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 2 and verses 14 to 17. I'm not sure I understand all of it, but um, it has to do with the work of God. I know that. And it has to do with our influence. I know that. Basically, Paul is saying there that as we teach and preach, we are giving out a sweet fragrance. We're giving out a sweet smell for the Lord. Okay. He even says there, we are the aroma of Christ. So and to, the, to the point or to the level that we are able to share our faith and teach the word of God, uh, to that extent we are giving off the sweet aroma of the knowledge of God. Okay. And so it's good for us to stop and ask ourselves, what, what is coming out of us? You know, what kind of... of um, what kind of fragrance is coming out from us? What exudes from us? Okay. And basically, spiritually, it's either going to be a sweet smell of the knowledge of God, or it's going to be the other way. Okay. Paul goes on to say there in that same passage, 2 Corinthians uh, 2, he says, as we are the aroma of Christ, it becomes a sweet smell to those who are being saved, but it becomes sort of a stench to those who are perishing. Okay. In fact, he says there, to the one, 
uh, a fragrance of life unto life, and to the other, a fragrance of death unto death. Those who harden themselves to the truth, of course, uh, they give off the other type of odor. Okay? Not a sweet smell at all. And what Paul's doing here, he's becoming very graphic. He's trying to get us to consider you know, how, how the smell arises as, as an animal or even a person begins to die. And then to think about how that the smell gets worse as that animal becomes a dead carcass. He's saying, uh, in fact, being very emphatic here, he says those who are spreading the knowledge of God and receiving that knowledge is putting off the wonderful fragrance of God. But those who are hardened to it and those who resist, those who refuse to spread the word, then the fragrance goes uh, the other way. And so consider this as we think about doing the work doing the work. As we do the work, we become a greater influence for God and we become stronger in His will. And then consider this. The more that we support His work, the stronger we get. Okay. So for these last four ways, first of all, notice we resist Satan, we become stronger. We do the work of sharing the Word, we give off a sweet odor and we become stronger. And then when we support the work, of the Word of God, then uh, we become stronger. The passage uh, for this is 2 Corinthians chapter 9, beginning in verse 6 and coming on downward. Okay. And this is another passage that we really need to, uh, to have living in our lives and understand more fully. We understand 2 Corinthians 9, uh, verses 6 through 8, as Paul gives the principles of giving... He says, of course, that he who uh, gives generously uh, shall reap generously. He that sows uh, sparingly shall reap uh, sparingly. And we understand what he's talking about there. He even says in 2 Corinthians uh, 9 verse 7, Each one must give as he has, been, as he has made up his own mind. So, so giving is a personal thing. Okay. So... The more we give, then the greater blessings we can expect from God. But as we give, it will be a personal thing that we make up in our own mind. And then he says, then he says, that as uh, we give, we need to be a cheerful giver. Not in a reluctant way, okay? not in a grudging way, but to be a cheerful giver. So we understand that. But getting to the next verse, verse 8, okay. we need to really absorb uh, these ideas. Okay. Let's just read verse 8, 2 Corinthians 9 together. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. Notice the comprehensive terms here. All grace is able to abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every uh, good work. As it is written, he says, and he quotes from Psalm 112, he has dis- the, the man of God will distribute freely. He has given to the poor 
and his righteousness endures uh, forever. Okay. Now, this helps us to grow in, in power and the power of God. It, this helps us to gain strength. The more that we're able to give of ourselves and give of our, of our financial means, then the more we grow uh, in God and the more strength that we have. He's basically saying here, the more we give, the more our cup runs over. The more we give, the more He gives to us. If we generously give, then He will make sure that we have all the grace that we need, all the things that we need, so that we can abound in every good work. Look at those promises from God. He promises that the more we give, then the more our cup will run over. Jesus says in Luke 6, 38, that that very thing happens. Give and it shall be given unto you. Just a simple statement. Give and it shall be given unto you. Malachi 3 verse 10, God promises that if the people would wake up and give as they should, then the windows of heaven would would pour out the blessings and every need of theirs would be taken care of by God. And the question comes back to us and Really, the ideal comes back to us. Do we have the faith to do this? You know. But the promise from God is that we will receive the power and the strength that we need the more that we, that we give. He goes on to say in verse 10, He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your uh, righteousness. In other words... God's promise is that He has been supplying what we need to do the work of Christ. He will supply in the future. In fact, if we have the faith, He will multiply our seed for sowing and increase our fruit of righteousness. But the thought is, do we want this? That's our heading this evening. God supplies the power, but do we want this? Do we want the means to be able to spread the gospel in, the, in a greater and greater and greater way that comes down to our faith, that comes down to our willingness uh, to give generously? So the more that we're able to give, then the stronger uh, that we'll be. And then finally... The more that we are willing to continue to work, even under stressful times, then the stronger we'll be. And we go to we go to Second Corinthians twelve for this idea. Second Corinthians twelve verses seven through ten. But the more that we're able to be faithful in stressful times, to continue to work in stressful times, then the stronger we will be. You remember Paul's. Situation here. He he'd been able to receive revelations from God and to relate those um, pieces of knowledge and words from God over and over. But there developed in Paul's life what he calls a thorn in the flesh, and Paul asked for this thorn in the flesh to be removed, and it was not removed. Paul says a couple things about this. First, he he firmly believed that this thorn in the flesh was given to him 
so that he would not have pride, that he would be humble enough to stay the course, stay on the straight and narrow way. You can see that for yourself right there in 2 Corinthians 12, 6, and 7. Okay. Paul believed in what Jesus said. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He said, every branch that, that um, does not abide in me is, is taken away. Every branch that does not bear fruit is taken away. But the branches that bear fruit are pruned so that they can bear more fruit. Okay. This is what Paul believed. Paul believed that this thorn in the flesh was given to him so that he could be a more effective servant of God. And Paul also believed that um, God said to him, my grace is sufficient for you and um, my strength is made perfect in weakness. Paul believed that. Paul besought the Lord three times. Perhaps he was thinking about when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he prayed three times that his cup be removed. Perhaps Paul was thinking about his Lord at that time. So he besought the Lord three times, three times, that this thorn would be removed. The Lord said, well, not removing the thorn, but here's something. I'm giving you the grace. I'm giving you the means. I'm giving you the strength so that you can endure this and my power can rest upon you. So Paul believed a couple things about this thorn in the flesh, but then it is his response to this that is so important. When God said to him, my strength is made perfect in weakness, Paul said, therefore I will rejoice in my weaknesses. I will rejoice in my persecutions. I will rejoice in my calamities. I will rejoice in my afflictions that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And so when we are willing, even under stressful times, times of things coming our way that we don't know about, we don't, we're not sure, when we are in the midst of unsure times, when we are in times of, of things seeming overwhelming to us, if we can endure and even even believe, as Paul did, that God is using these things to make us more effective service of Him, then we will grow. Then we are made strong. Okay. And so I think you can see the direction I wanted to go with you tonight. Okay. God will provide the strength if we want it. If we, it's, there, it's, it's ours for the taking. But... God, in a sense, He tests us to see if we really want His power uh, living within us. And so we've been able to see, and there's much more you could say about this, we've been able to see that through prayer and the Word of God, through Jesus being in our lives, and through uh, the love of God being expressed in our lives, also through uh, resisting uh, Satan on a daily basis, and through doing the work of Jesus on a daily basis and by supporting his work and being a generous person and then finally by being faithful even under stressful times, we can surely avail ourselves of the strength that God has for us.
Standing strong. Standing strong. That's the ideal today. May God help us uh, to be a person who does uh, just that. I read a while back about a man from Britain a few years ago. I think this came from LiveScience.com. So if it's believable or not, but I read it. About a man uh, from Britain who um, is about six foot six, and he weighs over 300 pounds, and he's able to lift heavy objects using only his head and neck muscles. And uh, what made the news a few years ago was that he was able to lift a little small, you know, those small British cars. Uh, but the British car was a little less than 400 pounds, but he was able to lift that and keep it in the air just with his head and neck muscles for 33 seconds. Previously, he had been able to lift using the same parts of his body. He was able to lift a, ref a refrigerator, a washing machine, and a um, motorcycle, and a boat, and also large people. That gets our attention. But what the world needs is Christians standing strong. And if there is some spiritual need that you have in your life uh, this evening, um, please, um, we hope and pray that you will feel comfortable, comfortable enough uh, to be able to share that this evening, maybe study more together, maybe pray Together, it may be that you're ready to name the name of Jesus this evening. Come home to Him, uh, put Him on in baptism, receive forgiveness of sins, let God add you to His church. Whatever your need may be, please come right now as we stand together, Brother Tim.